Good evening. Um, I want to thank every one of you for letting letting me and my friends come up here and preach uh, this gospel meeting. Uh, we've we've actually had this idea since uh, the winter time, and well, we've we've really liked it, and we decided to go for it, and. Now, here we are. We're so glad to have you in attendance tonight. This is our uh, fourth night in the gospel meeting. The first night of our gospel meeting, we discussed the wonderful kingdom of God. The second night, we discussed the love of the king. And yesterday, we discovered, we learned about the power of the king. And tonight, I will be preaching about the king coming back. As you can see here, there are people that have many questions pertaining to the king coming back. And tonight, we'll try and answer some of those questions by looking at scripture. Mr. Smitty over here wants to know, why is he coming back? That's a good question. He's coming back because of the love of not wanting us to perish. God loved us so much that he sent his only son to be crucified to be killed by us so we can have a way to spend an eternity with him turn with me to John 3:16 this is the most quoted book of scripture in the bible but it's also the most misunderstood verse John 3.16, and it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. People misunderstand this, and they, they see, okay, so whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. I'm good. I'm good. Um, no, that's, that's one step to spend an eternity with the king, but that's not the whole story. He's coming back to gather his followers. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24, if you will. And in chapter 24, we'll read verses 29 through 30. 29 through 30. It reads, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. That sounds pretty scary. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Power and great glory. That sounds like the let the lesson we heard about yesterday, the power of the king. He's so powerful that he can come back on his own accord. He's coming back to make payment. And I'm not talking about earthly, I owe X amount of dollars to the IRS. No, not that kind of payment. I'm talking about the payment for what we have done, done on this earth. We're going to be judged on what we have done. Every single one of us. Nobody is um, 
Nobody is exempt from this great judgment. It's going to, it's, it's going to be scary to be judged. I don't want to... I don't, okay, to tell you the truth, I don't want to be standing there in front of everybody while my sins are being listed off. I'd rather go run and hide in a hole. That's just me. Turn with me to uh, Matthew 16. And in Matthew 16, we'll, we'll take a look at verse 27. For the Son of Man is going to come with His angels in the glory of His Father, and then He will repay each person according to what He has done. Okay. To simplify this, if on one hand you have done terrible things and you haven't done anything to spread the gospel, you haven't you haven't even went to worship, you haven't read his word, you haven't prayed, you haven't even glanced over at him, that's gonna be tough. That's going to be a tough judgment. And on the other hand, if you're, if you're up here preaching like I am, and if you're baptized, you're saved, you believe in Word, you have repented and confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, the, re- the rewards will be great. So, why is the King coming back? He's coming back because of the love of not wanting us to perish, to gather his followers, and to make payment. That's why the king's coming back. Here's another, another question. Farmer Joe wants to know, when is he coming back? That's a really good question. And a lot of people, lots of different university scholars, have came up with theories. Like, oh, let's say the... Earth is coming to an end because the sun is deteriorating and will no longer last. No. Jesus, the king, doesn't even know. That should say something. If the king doesn't know, what does that say for all those who claim to know? For example, take a look at the ancient Mayans. Way back then, they... They said that the earth will come to an end on December 22nd, 2012. It's 2016. I'm still here. Turn with me to Mark 13. And in Mark 13, we'll be reading uh, 32 and 33. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows... Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. We have to be ready, because we don't know when He's coming back. He could, he could be coming back in another 10,000 years. He could be coming next year. He could be coming in a month, tomorrow. Have you even thought about He may even come in five minutes. He may even come after, right after I finish my sentence. We don't know. That scares me. It should scare you. 
I don't want to be taken by surprise. I want to be ready. And people want to ask, ask how, do you, how do you be ready? You need to be- hear the Word. You need to believe. You need to repent and confess. And be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Since no one knows when the King, when Jesus is coming back, we must all be ready for that day to come. We must not be taken by surprise living in sin. So, when is He coming back? No one knows. Not even Jesus the King does. Only the Father that created everything. Only He knows. There's no exceptions. There's going to be people on the streets that are saying, the end is near. How do you know? You're just a human being on this earth. Jesus doesn't know, only the Father. So when's he coming back? No one knows. All right. This guy, he looks pretty cool. His shirt even says he's cool. Let's call him Brad. Brad wants to know, who's he coming for? Well, the king is coming for the sheep. And you may be wondering, the sheep? Why would God be coming for animals? No, not, not the animal. The sheep, um, throughout the pages of the Bible, uh, many times it refers to us as the sheep, Christians. Turn with me to Isaiah 40. And in, the, in this Old Testament uh, book, we will look at uh, the 11th verse of Isaiah 40. And it, and it says, He will tend His flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in His arms. He will carry them in His bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Like I said in my in my other point, the king is coming back, but we don't know when. The king is like a shepherd. Well, he isn't like he is a shepherd for our souls. He doesn't want us to go astray. Just like a shepherd that doesn't want his sheep to go astray. And Let's say if if a bear comes and tries to take one of the sheep, what does a shepherd do? Does he run away screaming, ah, there's a bear? No, he doesn't. He stays and fights. He doesn't want that bear to get that sheep. Now, what if a hired hand comes and tends to the sheep and the lion comes? Does he stand his ground? Does he say, back off? No. He's a hired hand. He's only in it for the money. He doesn't, he doesn't care about those sheep. He doesn't care what happens to them. The king is coming back for those who have done his will. Turn with me to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And in Mark, we'll read verse 38. And it reads, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, 
of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. That makes me sad that people live live on this earth and they come to worship and they come and they sit on the pew and that's all they do. They come and sit on the pew for an hour or however long it takes, get back up and leave. That's just like Matt's lesson a while ago, the one log Christian. You can't boil water with just one log. The first ones in the lake of fire are cowards. They had to do the ability to spread the word, but kept it to themselves. I don't I'm not a coward, okay? If ISIS comes and invades the United States and they start killing Christians, I don't care. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going when I'm dead. Do you know? Do you know where you're going after you die? He's coming back for those who are not ashamed. And he's coming back for those who long for his appearing. Turn with me to 2 Timothy 4.8. 2 Timothy 4.8. It reads, Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. His, yeah, his appearing. I love God. I love Jesus. That's why I became a Christian. Because I love him, and he loves me. He loves me more than I love him. And he loved me first. I love him because he made me. And he made every single one of y'all. And to tell the truth, I love every single person that I see. And that's not easy for me to say, trust me. So, who is the king coming for? The king is coming for those who are faithful. All right, let's, um, oh boy, this, this next guy, he looks a little silly. His name's Mr. Giggles. And Mr. Giggles wants to know, can anyone go? Well, to tell you the truth, Mr. Giggles, anyone can go. It's just a matter of obedience. Those who can keep those that keep his commandments can go with the king. Turn with me to Matthew seven and in verse twenty one we'll read. Matthew seven and twenty one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. If you, if you proclaim the Word of God, but don't do anything about it, don't keep His commandments, it's just empty words. Just like, just like the book of James said, faith without works is dead. 
He's coming for those. I mean, anybody that's prepared can go with the king. And you might be wondering, how can I prepare? Well, you must hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Turn with me to Matthew 25. The 25th chapter in Matthew. And we'll be reading the first 12... uh, First 12 verses. Whoops. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no, no oil with them. But the wise took flasks, flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. Turned them on. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise, but the wise answered, saying, Since there are not enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him, to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. What that parable is saying is, there are five virgins that are unwise, and five that are wise. The five wise ones were ready for the bridegroom for the bridegroom to come. They had extra oil for their lamps, and the five didn't. We also have to be ready, because we don't know when he's coming. Even with if we sleep, that's that's what they're saying. Um, those virgins that fell asleep. That's another way of saying they died. It's a a parable is a it's a story to help make a lesson. And any time in a parable it says they've fallen asleep, they have died. And what the bridegroom coming signifies is the king coming back. And the five virgins that were ready, those Christians who have done his will and obeyed were able to enter the kingdom, the wedding feast. And those that weren't ready, they were shut out and said, I did not know you. I do not know you. So, can anyone go with the king? Well, those who are prepared, those who keep his commandments, and... Those who obey, that's who can go with the king. So, we have a college professor over here who who specializes in astrophysics. And he wants to know, what will that day be like? 
This, his name's Dr. Donovich. And Dr. Donovich has a, is a good, has a good question. What will it be like on that day? There's lots and lots of Bible passages about this. Um, the first one I'm going to turn to is in 1 Thessalonians. And in 1 Thessalonians, we'll look at chapter 4. Chapter 4, verses 15-17. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep, who have died. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and, the, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. That, that sounds awesome, to be honest. Those who are alive in Christ will be with Him. Those who are dead in Christ they will not be with Him. They will be separated eternally. I don't, I don't want to be separated from the King. And I don't want to be separated from, from the eternal blessings. And I don't want you to be separated either. Turn with me to Revelation 1.7. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. And it reads, Behold, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of Him. Even so, Amen. All the tribes of the earth will wail on account of Him. They will live their lives in sin. And when that day comes, they'll go, Oh, the Lord's coming back. Um, um, um. I, I was I was doing your will. I, I swear on it. No, it's too late. When the trumpet of the Lord sounds, it's too late. So will it, what will it be like on that day? That's what the day will be like. A day of separation. It, you can either have a day of It'll either be scary or it'll either be awesome. And by awesome, I mean you're going to be with the, the Lord, the King, and the Father. Tonight, you may be sitting there asking, how can I go with the King? Like Sally over here. Well, you, I've said this all throughout my sermon. You must believe in the King you must obey His Word. You must repent of your sinful life. Confess that Jesus is the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, God's only Son. Romans 6, 9, and 10. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, being added to the kingdom of the King, the church of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 2.38 Acts 2, says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And well, I thought I memorized all of it. 
for the forgiveness of your sins. Thank you, Nat. Um, And if you will remain faithful to the King and His kingdom unto death, you will receive the crown of life. Revelations 2.10 This week we have discussed the wonderful kingdom of God, the King and His love and power. And tonight we spoke about that great day when He is coming back to reward all those who have been faithful to Him. I cannot wait for that day. Tonight, if you are not a child of God, that day will be a scary day. That day will be a sad day. A day of separation that will never end. I don't want to be separated from, the, from my Father and burn in, in an eternal lake of fire. I don't want that. And I don't want that from you, for you. So please take advantage of this day and make preparation for that final day. Once the king comes back, it will be too late. Won't you respond? Won't you become a child of God today, right now?